The NBA rumor mill has picks number two, three, and four all available. But it seems absolutely impossible to me for the Utah Jazz to be able to get there and get any of those picks. It's next on Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, back with it. Thank you very much to Leaf Tuline for an amazing week of coverage. I'm the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. Today, the rumor mill has picks two, three, and four. Charlotte, Portland, Houston, all willing to move. Can the Utah Jazz go into their bag of tricks, their cadre of opportunities and weapons and picks and get there? I don't think so. We'll talk about it. The draft board continues to alter and move. One of the latest, most recognizable big boards has Bufkin ahead of Case and Wallace. Is that there? You got a lot of draft news last year. NBA rumors, NBA finals set. We'll talk about all that. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. As I mentioned, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider, and this is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a jazz fan each and every day. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all podcasting apps, as well as on YouTube. Tip of the hat, great YouTube conversation from Leaf. I've listened to three of the five shows Leaf did last week. They were awesome. He was super. He'll be back in the middle of June. He'll take you up to the draft. He'll be better than I was. You know that. The, the chat room uh, in YouTube was way better last week than anything I've ever done. He had that rocking, so totally awesome on his part. Uh, and thank you guys for all embracing Leaf. He's, he's a rising uh, star in this business. He's worked with us for a few years on broadcast. Super smart, local kid. Um, and excited to have his career kind of taking off uh, the way it is. So thank you for supporting him. All right, let's get to it. The rumor mill is that Charlotte might be willing to move two, Portland willing to move three, and Houston willing to move four. And the question is with the Jazz at nine, at 16, at 28, and with three Cleveland picks and three more Minnesota picks, can we do some, and our own picks, can we get there? And the answer, like without killing the show, is I think no. And let's walk through it. So Charlotte at number two, why would Charlotte trade the number two pick? Well, they might trade the number two pick because they have Lonzo Ball and somebody desperately wants Scoot and they and they think that they can get something out of that. The thing with Charlotte, though, is if Charlotte's going to trade the number two pick, what are they trying to achieve? The only thing that would make sense to me if Charlotte's trying to trade the number two pick is one of two items. And one would be that Charlotte's decided they're going to go into a full rebuild. And that they're going to use this. But then, if they're going to a full rebuild, why wouldn't you take the number two pick of a draft to start getting you into a position to have the pieces full for a full rebuild? So that's kind of counterintuitive. The second part here would be that they don't have... Their real problem is the reason they can't rebuild is they don't have the Donovan Mitchell 
the Rudy Gobert, the James Harden, the trade that you might want to make that you move one of your pieces that's appealing and then get a bunch of assets and start to rebuild the way the Jazz have, the way Oklahoma City has with Paul George. They're, they have Gordon Hayward on a bad $31 million contract next year. They have Terry Rozier with three years left at $25 million, which isn't great. They have LaMelo, who will be a max contract coming up, and, and that's it. Like, you're not, Mikel Bridges does not have value after being arrested for despicable acts. So they don't have any pieces. So the one thought on Charlotte would be that Charlotte decides that they're willing to bypass, this is kind of a crazy thought, the number two pick of the draft. Be willing to slide down in order to get a multitude of assets so that they can start the rebuild. So then the question for the Jazz is, and can they correct their book? So in other words, do you do something where someone takes Terry Rozier's contract, they clear their books out. If Michael's really gone from ownership, they have new ownership coming in. Charlotte's always been a sleeping giant in this league. You talk to coaches around the league, they all talk about Charlotte as a sleeping giant. And they suddenly are willing to take the ninth pick, maybe the 16th pick, Minnesota's 2029 protected one through four, Cleveland's 2029, 2027 unprotected. Who you'd have to start loading it on. I don't know, frankly, that the one thing you're trying to get if you take the Minnesota unprotected pick, and we have to decide we'd be willing to give it up, and the Cleveland unprotected pick is the number two pick of the draft. Like that's the game you're trying to play, is you're trying to go get that pick. Well, you already have it. So it seems to me that that, se- that seems like a, a stretch, shall we say, for them to do that. But that would be for Charlotte. The other one would be if the Jazz would be willing to take Gordon Hayward's contract at $30 million for one more year. is not actually that big a deal anymore in the sense that it's got one deal left. They, they're not a luxury tax team. They don't have to really worry about it. But Terry Rozier's contract is not great. Problem is... We don't really have anything to trade for Terry Rozier's contract. Terry Rozier is 23 million, 24 million, and 26 million the next three years. And he's 29 years old and he's probably not a piece for the future. And so, first thing is, we'd have to decide do we want Terry Rozier, who was drafted by Danny Ainge? And maybe that is our point guard. We're, we're short, kind of trying to find a point guard. I'm not sure how dramatically different Terry Rozier is than. Colin Sexton or some of the pieces we have in his natural point guard skills. His best year was kind of when Devontae Graham went and played point guard, and he didn't, and he's been better since LaMelo. He played off ball to LaMelo ball. So I'm not sure you want Terry Rozier as your point guard. But the other problem is we just don't have that contract. Sexton's at three years, contracts left with $18 million per. Lowry's at $18 million per. We're not trading Lowry, I don't think. I mean, that is it. Like, if you want to go get the number two pick, you trade Lowry, you go get the number two pick. But I'm pretty willing at this point to say I think Lowry will have a better next eight years in the NBA than any than the number two pick of this draft. I mean, Lowry's on the verge of being all NBA, and I have a hard time predicting that a guy drafted is going to be an all NBA player. It's hard. Taylor Horton Tucker's got the player option 11. We just don't have the pieces. And this is where we end up not being able to go get Portland or Houston either. If Portland or Houston's going to trade the number three pick or the number four pick they're doing it for one reason they're doing it to get better now 
So Portland deciding, okay, we're going to take the three pick to go get a bona fide asset. This is where they're talking to Toronto. They're suddenly talking about Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi. The Jazz don't have, we don't have that piece. We don't have a piece on our of our puzzle right now. This is the one area where all for all the flexibility and assets and other things we have, cap room space, picks, all these things to be able to put packages together. This is the one thing we don't have, which is salaries to move and players that are really good that can help you win that we're willing to move. Portland would love to get off Yusuf Nurkic's three-year, $18 million contract. Now, would they love it enough that they're going to move from three to nine? No, they're going to want probably two or three other assets and nine, and you're taking Yusuf Nurkic's contract. Well, at three years, $18 million per, again, that's Colin Sexton. But if they're about, I'm not sure that, one, do we really want Yusuf Nurkic's three-year, $18 million contract clogging up our books when we have Walker Kessler, so he's our backup center? It's not great roster construction. And two, are we willing to give up Colin Sexton? Now, if we think Scoot Henderson is that deal, yes, you are. If you think you can get Scoot Henderson at three, and you think Scoot Henderson has beyond Donovan Mitchell qualities, same size, and he's all NBA player like Donovan, then yeah, you go give up an awful lot to go get him. Like Cleveland did to go get Donovan. You give up an awful lot. And so then maybe you do take Yusuf Nurkic. It's nine, it's 16. Well, they, but see, here's the thing about Portland. Portland doesn't want those. Portland doesn't want that. This is where this doesn't work. Portland wants a piece that's going to make them better. And they don't really want Colin Sexton's contract because they want to be able to clear space. And they don't want to, unless they decide, okay, we're making a two-year run at it with Dame. We'll take the 2029, 2027, 2028 picks of your 2028, your 20, Cleveland's 2027, Minnesota's 20, or whatever, some, some grouping of that lay down the road. So then they have a, a grouping of picks that they can use for the future. But we don't solve their problem in getting better right now. And Houston's in the same position. Houston has a bunch of their picks that are going to Oklahoma City now so they suddenly have a desire to be good. It's why they're supposedly going to sign James Harden. That does, there's a lot of smoke there. And so then what are their other pieces? And again, we're not there. We don't have that. And Houston doesn't have a terrible contract they're trying to get rid of. Their worst contract is probably Kevin Porter Jr., who has just tremendous, you know, emotional baggage and behavioral struggles, rightfully so, considering his upbringing. And he's working to get better. And they obviously believe in it because they signed him to a four-year, $63 million deal, which for his talent level is a bargain. Um, and they have a club option on the backside. So he's at 15 for the next three. Otherwise, they don't have another contract on their books. They're, I mean, they literally have a club option on every... The only contract they have on their books for 24-25 is Kevin Porter Jr. at 15. They're the number one free agent player in a free agent market in Houston. They'll obviously pick up Jalen Green. They'll pick up Jabari Smith. but And they'll pick up Alfred Shingun. And they'll probably pick up Tari Eason. But they're all club options. But again, we don't have the piece. One, they don't have the piece they want to trade. We don't have the piece to go make them better. Now, we could probably hold help Houston rebuild their draft collection. That would mean we have to think that Amon Thompson at four is the next Shade Gilgis Alexander, John Morant, like people are talking about. And is Houston 
desperate enough because they have all these picks going to Oklahoma City that they're willing to take a bunch of picks down the road. And so they take nine, 16, and two or three picks down the road. And you're trading five picks by the time you're done, four or five picks to get up to number four. You better believe that that guy's going to be an all-star. So it's they're on the table, but they don't match what we have. It makes it almost impossible for the Jazz to get there. Really, I think, legitimately impossible for the Jazz to get there. All right. We said this was going to happen. Leaf Tulin did a fabulous job with it. But as NBA big boards are being rebuilt, and at this point they're all being done with intelligence of teams coming off the combine, we're seeing this massive fluctuation in the NBA draft between 5 and 25. Kind of what we knew was going to happen here when we looked at the numbers of the draft and what Leaf broke down this week. And we'll talk about the latest developments on this with one of the most prominent big boards has come out, and we'll see what he has to say. That's all coming up as we continue here on Locked on Jazz. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Murdoch Chevy, located in Woods Cross, as well as in Logan. The Chevy lineup of cars and trucks, it's unprecedented. The Chevy truck is the best one on the market with their unibody build, the Silverado. It just rocks. It's like sitting in a lazy boy chair with all the power in the world, just sitting above everybody else, feeling great about yourself, just cruising with a massive Silverado. In the Colorado's, the zippier, smaller truck, the utility truck, shall we call it, with a super SUV lineup. It starts with the Suburban and the Tahoe. You know Murdoch Chevy, and you know the Murdoch family. 80 years in Utah giving you the best they have to make sure you have a no-regrets experience each and every night or every day. And now they are ending up giving you even better with the Chevy lineup and all the great deals they have right now. So check it out. Over at Murdoch uh, Chevy, we are more than willing to give you a VIP experience. So make sure you email me first if you're heading over to Murdoch Chevy and make sure you get the VIP experience because you're a locked on jazz every day. Thanks very much for tuning in and thanks for supporting our sponsors like Murdoch Chevy. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks, download the app, go to prizepicks.com, use the promo code locked on, and it's a big win for you because it's a Prize Picks has the $100 uh, match for you each and every day. Plus, during the NBA Finals, which Miami and Denver will start, you have a chance to win a million dollars with the Superflex NBA Finals. Every day during the NBA Finals, one Prize Picks user will win a chance to become a millionaire on each entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern. Whoever placed that entry will be given six pick flex with the following payout. Six correct picks is a million. Five correct picks is 80,000. Four correct picks is 16. Full details can be found at prizepicks.com slash million. You must opt in at that link, prizepicks.com slash million to be eligible. In the meantime, download the Prize Picks app. You get a chance to win. Pick two to six players. Get up to 25% of your money, any sport imaginable. Use the promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, you get $100 back. If you deposit 50, you get 50 back. Don't forget, enter the promo code locked on at sign up, prizepicks.com and prizepicks. Download the app on your app store. Thanks so very much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen. Again, special thanks to our good friend, Leaf Tulin. Fabulous knockdown, awesome job uh, on the show last week. Hope you enjoyed it and you're going to enjoy him. Howard Beck will be joining us on Wednesday's show. So Howard back tomorrow on the program for you here on Locked on Jazz. Should be a lot of fun uh, to have Howard talking big picture NBA, talking the Jazz a year after Donovan and Rudy, um, all of that. All right, so the Ringers, Kevin O'Connor, does a really nice job with the NBA draft and the rest, and he has launched out his latest big board mock draft, and it's got some interesting little twists to it. 
um, on what's taken place, where he's kind of made some changes, um, looked at things, altered kind of his board. So let's, the biggest news is that Kobe Bufkin um, is now ahead of Casey Wallace. So I'm going to have to go watch Kobe Bufkin. And he's someone who came out well on our numbers. Um, and so it's, it's, it's interesting that they're really and Keontae Georgia Baylor is right there with him. The way O'Connor's got his big board now is Victor, Brandon Miller, Scoot, Amon Thompson, Asur Thompson up to five. By the way, Asur has worked out for the Hornets, the Blazers, the Pacers, and the Magic so far. That's the Hornets, Blazers, Pacers. So that's third, second pick, fourth pick, Blazers, third pick, uh, excuse me, Pacers and the Magic. Anthony Black's up at six. Taylor Hendricks is at seven. Uh, Jerese Walker is at eight. Cam Whitmore at nine. We'll get to that in a second. He has been all over the board. But here's what jumped out to me. Suddenly, Kobe Bufkin, the six-foot-four guard with a six-eight wingspan out of Michigan, is at 10. Now, this could be just slightly different. And Kaysen Wallace is six-two, six-eight wingspan, is at 11 with Keontae George at 13, and Nick Smith, frankly, at 14. We've kind of stopped talking about him, but he's 6'5". And what's interesting on, we don't have a Keontae George wingspan yet. We do have similarly sized wingspans. Bufkin, 6'4", 187, and 6'8", wingspan. Wallace is 6'2", but he's 195, and he's got a 6'8", wingspan. They're the exact same age, uh, but this is worth kind of, Cason Wallace has been the one I've zeroed in on in a lot of ways for the Jazz. And now you suddenly have some big boards with Kobe Bufkin popping up to 10. You also have both of those, if this were to be the order of the draft, which is unlikely, being available for the Jazz at number nine, which gets really, really interesting. Grady Dick, for those of you that are a fan of Grady Dick, is at 12 um, there. Uh, I, I can't believe, you know, um, what's interesting on Keontae George is when you start getting he really seems to be a little bit more of a shooting guard than a point guard. Like he, if you look at some of his numbers, I think he's the, um, I was reading Raphael Barlow's big board the other day. And if I remember correctly, he's, I think got about as many assists as he does turnovers on his big board. Um, and he, he's going to be, there's some questions on Keontae George on whether defensively he can handle the shooting guard position. I, you know, I kind of feel like all these guys defensively, are a little bit of an issue. George shot 33.8% from three, which isn't great. Cason Wallace shot 34.6% from three, which is not great. Kobe Bufkin um, shot 35.5% from three on three and a half attempts a game. Wallace took four attempts a game. George took seven attempts a game. So that's a little bit different um, on that. Um, you know, Wallace was much better at taking care of the ball probably than any of the others. Bufkin actually did a lot of rebounding uh, as much as he did assisting. He's kind of, um, but they did, M Michigan used him with, a, uh, with the, hand, the ball in his hands on pick and rolls, on handouts, does some really good um, things at the rim finishing. If you kind of look back at some of our numbers on those three guys, it is an interesting contrast to look at. They all came out fairly well. Um, and we're guys that, you know, more, uh, Bufkin actually is one of the guys we initially pointed out, like right from the very beginning and said, wait a sec, this is like, why is this guy lower in the draft? And he has promptly, uh, propped his way, uh, up the draft board. So this is interesting. I'm going to go take a look at Bufkin tonight. Um, hopefully I'll get time, um, 
and and try to give us an analysis. I've watched a lot of Casey Wallace. I, I, I'd be very pleased if we ended up with Casey Wallace. And as I said, Leaf did a great job last week. If you didn't catch the shows last week, go back and listen to Leaf. He did a fabulous job kind of breaking down these different players, talking about the different possibilities. Here are the numbers. You've probably heard them before, but let me let me give them to you again. Um, here are the numbers on Bufkin, George, and Wallace, and we'll kind of look at them each kind of individually to see the comps on uh, on the three of them and how they, they parlay out differently than um, some others. They're pulling up just as we speak, so let me get those to you here. Um, all right, so Bufkin was uh, 81st percentile in transition and 84th percentile in limited, limited, limited isolation. Um, so those are nice numbers. Keontae George was 18th percentile in transition. So kind of a really big red flag of why. What's Why was he unable to finish in transition? I think that's usually an athleticism thing. Um, and that's a little strange um, that, Ke- that he was he was that low. Um, and then uh, whereas Kaysen Wallace, I think I actually lost that number somewhere along the way. Um, sorry, I'm having a hard time finding Kaysen. There's Kaysen Wallace. Kaysen Wallace um, was in the 56th percentile on isolation percentage on 29 attempts. Keontae George was in 62. So they're also finishing at the rim. Keontae George was just 30% with only four dunks all year long, um, which seems low. Kaysen Wallace was 77th percentile at the rim. And Kobe Bufkin was at the 92nd percentile at the rim. So there's some nice numbers there. Let's go to pick and roll. Keontae George ran 153 pick and rolls. Kaysen Wallace, 133. Kobe Bufkin, 157. So these are a lot of pick and rolls. They're almost the exact same. Bufkin's the best at 72 percentile. Wallace is 70th percentile. Keontae George is 66th percentile. So not a lot of difference there. Score percentage is an interesting number that will, this is how often you actually score on the pick and roll. It doesn't create something for somebody else. Bufkin was at 40%. So was Wallace George at 34%. So numbers what? Spot up shooting, um, spot up attempts. George took 166, Wallace took 105, and Bufkin took 114. So again, great sample size. All of them very similar. Wallace 66 percentile on spot up, Bufkin 59th percentile, George 56 percentile. George kind of a little less on all of these. Um, catch and shoot numbers: um, 128 catch and shoots for Ke- Keontae George, 100 for Case and Wallace. 100 for Kobe Bufkin, uh, Wallace 53% shooting, EFG effective field goal percentage, Bufkin 52, George 49. So very, very similar on all those. Now let's go to creating off the bounce. George took 146, which is awesome. Wallace took 85, Bufkin took 107. Again, very similar. This is where Bufkin does drop a little bit. Wallace in the 74th percentile, George in the 72nd percentile, and Bufkin in the 60th percentile. So those three are really interesting. There is a feeling that Buff, that George, who had more turnovers and assists, is not really a point guard. So if you're looking for a point guard, it very well may come down to Kaysen Wallace, Kobe Bufkin as your choice uh, for point guards there for the Utah Jazz. So super interesting to see that move on the draft board, and I will take the time, uh, try to have it ready for you for Thursday's show with a Kobe Bufkin breakdown as we'll have Howard Beck on the show for you tomorrow. All right, ton of NBA rumors. The finals are set. Lots of things to touch on there. What do the finals tell us about things? We'll have that for you as we continue here on Locked on Jazz uh, for you in today's program. Today's show is also brought to you by Game Time 
This is the app that solves all of your ticket needs. Game time, absolutely fabulous. Does If you kind of think about buying tickets, there's always a few issues you're dealing with. One is like, are the seats actually any good? So you get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you're up. You're in an ecosystem that's an app and you're wondering like, do I actually get the best price? Well, game time has the game time guarantee, which means you always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. They also give you exclusive flash deals on tickets for any of the sports you're interested in. And you don't have to plan months in advance. The final one is like, well, where do I get it? Where's my QR code? What's my app? Simple. De- game time sends it right to your email. It's easily done. You download the game time app. It comes right to you. Don't have to worry about trying to go find the tickets. It's fast. It's easy. You can get killer deals on last minute tickets, two taps, and you're all set. They're sent directly to your phone. So you don't have to dig through your email the way you do in other uh, items. Game time solves the three major issues. Where are my tickets? Do I have a good price? And how do I find my tickets once I bought them? They've solved all three of them for you. It's there for you. It's game time and the game time app. So download the game time app right now and you get $20 off on your first purchase with the code locked on NBA. That's $20 off your first code with the term locked on NBA. Download the game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thanks very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen. Locked on NBA Big Board, our guy Leaf. If you liked him last week, he'll be on this week with Rafael Barlow does knockdown work. All right. Um, last five finals are eight teams. Pretty interesting. Miami twice, Golden State twice. The last five finals, 10 possible teams, 10 teams, eight different franchises. Super interesting um, to see that. Uh, that was a bummer last night because, quite frankly, Jason Tatum gets hurt and just altered the game. Um, I'm thinking Joe Mazzulla's court timeout in the first quarter was to check on Jason Tatum, but that was a weird timeout. It did it like it it like I mean they were rolling and then Joe Mazzulla took a timeout and then they came back and were dead. And I wonder if that they realized just psychologically and you could see them playing away from Tatum. You and it was just too bad um, for that. But that's why you play. You know that's the whole point of this. You get into the final four of your conference, you push it. You never know what happens. And like, that's, it's, it's too bad. Um, but that's exactly like what the game is, is why you do this in the playoffs is so that you're in the circumstance that if somehow somebody turns an ankle, you're in position to win. That's what Miami did. And that's what Miami earned by winning those first three games is that Jason Tatum wasn't sitting on the couch, you know, eating whatever pop popcorn that's been advertised all the time, at least on my TV, um, this is this new world, by the way, depending where you're watching, you get different ads kind of changes the whole common experience side note, um, on that. So I think it's interesting, um, to see that Jalen Brown, I think they, they have to give him a super max. I think they have to sign him. They, we're going to talk this week about the aprons and the new collective bar agreement. It's super boring, geeky talk, but it's super important. And so I'm going to, I'm going to hopefully, maybe we'll do it next week. Um, We're going to dig in for a day and just bore us to death, but it's going to be our kind of tutorial on what to do about how to understand the collective bargaining agreement and what it means. Because the second apron is super restrictive, which is about $7 million above the luxury tax. And Boston's got to keep an eye on it. The other thing that's really restrictive is the repeater tax. And Boston has to keep an eye on it. And I do think they have to sign Jalen Brown. But boy, you saw Jalen Brown's weakness. His handle is just not very good. Like for a superstar going to be a number one player, his handle's not good enough. 
And it's, it's really, it's a problem. And so for them to be able to, like, that's where he's got to improve. He's so good, you resign him. But for them to get under the tax for a year, which I think they really have to do before that Supermax kicks in, I don't think they can re-sign Grant Williams. It's an interesting player for the Jazz to look at. The Jazz will have the cap space and the money to be able to probably go get give Grant Williams more than most teams, and Boston's probably not going to want to match anything um, unless they move some other contracts in that. So that's worth keeping an eye on um, for the Jazz. Uh, it's pretty interesting. Miami is a culture consistency franchise, right? They went and got Jimmy Butler. They understood he matched them. They did that with a in free agency. So they use their market. They're one of the few markets that knows they have free agents. They have all these undrafted players. They're a culture. Eric Spolstra sitting there forever, finding players. I love Spoh's quote last night about Caleb Martin and how Caleb Martin and how is just he, the level he competes and how special you have to be and the level you have to be able to compete to be able to play at this stage, at this level. Um, so, uh, you know, I think like that's what Jimmy Butler does. That's what they got in that piece. And then I think the other one, um, you know, Denver's Denver's built through the draft. Michael Porter Jr., Jay, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic. They make the one trade for Aaron Gordon. They make another trade for that. It's pretty interesting to see. Like you've got to hit, right? You got to get this um, really special player in this in Nikola Jokic and Jimmy Butler. But then you're putting these pieces together. I think it's a positive. I think if you're a Jazz fan, this should make you feel very positive. There's five franch- eight franchises in five years, and you're seeing continuity matters. And I think that's how we would have to win. A uh, few other interesting things going on in the league. Joe Ingles selling his house in Rancho Santa Fe. Does he think he's heading to Australia? Ricky Rubio's talking about going back to Spain. All of our old friends suddenly maybe phasing out of the NBA. We'll see what happens with Joe, whether he gets an offer um, anywhere. Major day in Golden State today is possibly Bob Myers could be stepping down. Lockdown Warriors is reporting that they have sources that say that Bob Myers will be stepping down today. Um, we'll see whether that turns out to be true. Pretty crazy. Raptors head coaching job narrowing down. They have some interesting people you have not heard of. A Spanish national coach, Sergio Scalero. Steve Nash is being mentioned in there. Jordy Fernandez out of Sacramento is being mentioned. So some interesting kind of off the beaten track um, looks there. Nick Nurse goes to Philadelphia. Is Doc Rivers on his way to Phoenix? That was kind of a little bit of the talk there. So lots of news and notes floating around uh, for you on all of this. And we'll see how it plays out. Uh, today's today's gonna be, I think today's gonna be a big day in the NBA, so we'll have a lot to talk about. Howard Beck on the show tomorrow. Uh, Kobe Bufkin watch coming up here. Keontae George watches coming up here. Draft is getting closer. Thanks again to Leaf Tulane. He was just outstanding. You can go listen to Raphael and the crew on Locked On NBA Big Board and hopefully get a little bit more Leaf. Thanks very much for tuning in today. This has been Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast in the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan. Thanks so much for being an everydayer and tuning in. We'll be back with you tomorrow.